Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from infuriating fairies to faceless foes. And today, we're talking about flumps. Brian. Hey, Will. So last December, we ended the year on one of the biggest and meanest D&D monsters there are, the Tarrasque. Oh, yeah. So this year, I decided that we're going to end on one of the smallest and nicest D&D monsters, the Flump. The Flump. <laughs> so Flumps are... That dichotomy. I love it. <laughs> flumps are mysterious and benevolent aberrations, famous for their whimsical nature, their silly, if somewhat gross appearance, and being extraordinarily fragile monsters. Uh, the Flump is a D&D original, and in some ways, it's a D&D icon. Okay, cool. Um, it's the cool whip of the monster world. It's the cool whip of the cool monster whip. world, yeah. Um, in some ways, a flump looks like a terrestrial jellyfish. Its body is shaped like an oblong saucer, um, about two and a half feet in diameter. That's 0.76 meters. Uh, atop their body is a mouth-like orifice that sits between two eye stalks, each about a foot long. Um, around the sides of its saucer-like body are eight small holes. Um, on the underside dangles a couple dozen or so tentacles that conceal a cluster of small spikes on its center, like belly area. Ew. Yeah, so it's I thought not, it was gonna—I was gonna get a much cuter description. They are, <laughs> they, their depictions in art is quite cute, but I'm also being anatomically correct in this description. Well, yeah, because maybe those things aren't always like extremely visible. It sounds no, like some all of these that's are, extremely visible. Really? It's just a matter of their—they tend to be drawn more cartoonishly. Yeah, okay. So when you picture this in like a, a more realism type look, it's like, oh, oh my. It sounds more like a Lovecraftian horror than yeah, a... Yeah, well, and it is an aberration. Than a, a dessert topping. Indeed. <laughs> so these bizarre creatures are airborne at all times. They float about. Nice. Um, they live That's in the Underdark. I want to be. Right. They live in the Underdark, and they float about by means of an innate anti-gravity field that they produce. 
they live in the underdark. I, I feel like we've touched on this creature so we have, much. Like, we have. Uh, like, did we go over that at some point? Yeah, yeah, we Probably. did. Probably. In the underdark episode. Jesus. <laughs> so they are not supposed to be, they're, they are horrifying. No, I mean, they're supposed to be adorable and they're very nice. But they're um, underdark creatures. They are underdark creatures. Oh, they're very nice. They're extraordinarily nice, yes. Oh, um, well then. <laughs> they move using air jets as propulsion. So they take in air through the orifice on top of their bodies and expel it through however many of the smaller holes on its sides that it needs to move in a direction. Uh, yeah. So it puffs so, about. This airflow makes a sound that the flump is na- named for. It's named after the sound it makes as it moves. This is a fart monster. It's a fart monster. (laughs) Welcome to the last episode of this year. (laughs) This is the fart monster. (laughs) Shit's about to get a lot grosser, actually, so I'm just warning you now. Check, spoilers. <laughs> um, check this uh, this fart monster out. The, we got lots of lore on it. Let's go. So although flumps are a complexion of either white, brown, or yellow, they give off a glowing light that is co- that that's color is dependent on the mood of said flump. Um, they glow pink if they're amused, blue if they're sad, green if they're curious, and red if they're angry. Oh my god! So like many other D and D monsters we've talked about, there are essentially two versions of the flump. Uh, one from before third edition and the one we have now. They're both lawful good creatures in nature, but the older version of the Flump is a bit more mundane and odd, while the current version is a bit more magical and mystical. Ari Salvatore didn't mention that Drist Warden was carried out of the Underdark by, by a team of Flumps. By a team of Flumps, yeah. <laughs> so the Flump of first and second edition was a creature with the intelligence level equal to that of an average human. Um, though unable to speak, they had a form of sign language that could be communicated via their tentacles. Nice. That's really cool. Um, these flumps lived as nomadic underground hunters that fed upon small vermin such as rats, lizards, or frogs. Uh, the way they ingested their prey is actually pretty gross, so we're going to go over it. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> when one of these flumps finds prey, it will hover a foot or two above its target before dropping down and impaling their prey on it. <laughs> On its spike cluster, which is on its belly. Once this is done, the flump will use its acidic tentacles to secrete digestive acids onto the skewered corpse. Uh, Once this is done, the flump will cocoon the body in its tentacles as the body digests and its nutrients are absorbed through the said tentacles. Wonderful. At least it stops farting for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. That's just hilarious. He's like, and you just got this impaled rat and it just starts melting it with its tent. It's so gross. Yeah. It's like a spider almost or some, right, some right. kind of insect that does. I didn't know oh, any wow. of this. Like when I thought of the flump, I thought of the modern flump, which doesn't do any of this, which we'll talk about later. So this was all new to me and it blew my mind. But this is the old flump. This is the old flump. First and second edition flump. <laughs> OK, so, cool. First and second edition also had a form of flump known as the monastic flump, considered to be a higher form of flump. Um, these creatures are known to be of a slightly higher level of intelligence in comparison to their normal counterparts and for having the ability to cast cleric spells. Okay. (laughs) These flumps live in groups called cloisters where they share knowledge and worship gods unknown to humanoids. (laughs) And those gods are like, farts are natural. Don't let them get you down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like, that's why we worship you, God. Thank you. (laughs) They make them feel better about themselves. (laughs) So according to Dragon Magazine's number Dragon Magazine number 246 in Ecology of the Flump, it was discovered that monastic flumps are not actually a higher form of flump as much as normal flumps are a lower form of flump. More specifically, <laughs> normal flumps are 
the mutant idiot offspring of monastic flumps. Oh my gosh. Roughly 10% of monastic flumps birthing buds, which is how they procreate uh-huh. asexually via birthing buds, uh, grow into mutated, less intelligent flumps. This is like the same mentality of like the Pokemon company when they wrote the Magikarp Pokedex entry or something. Oh really? Yeah, Can, I can know. you imagine, like, it's just like, uh, this this creature is bunk, like, <laughs> like a Gary Gygax or somebody just like writing the flump staff block, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the old flump. I don't okay. know if you got any other questions about the old flump. Monastic flump. The monastic flump. Yeah. Excellent. These are not the bar. <laughs> the bar for flumps is low. It's yeah, set it's, very low. It's set low. They only get better from here, quite frankly. Great. So, really quickly, uh, before we take our short rest, the modern flump uh, 3.5 and onward is quite a bit different. These flumps are tied to, tied very specifically to the Underdark and to psychic ability. They are considered to be wise and possess advanced knowledge of philosophy, math- mathematics, religion, and countless other subjects. <laughs> okay, great. But, but let's take a short rest before we get into the rest. Okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about the last thing we're talking about. We're talking about how much we love you. We love you so much. I love you so much. 
Tell him, Will. Love is a many splendid thing. All you need is love. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How about Patreon? How about it? How about that Patreon? There's a link somewhere. Find it. Probably below. Go there. In the description. Below. The love below. Um, (laughs) It's filled with people that uh, love us back, I think. I I think they do. They certainly are showing their love, and I appreciate it. We love you guys. Um, We're working hard to make uh, new content for Patreon all the time. There's already um, a live game in there. If you like um, me and Will, and you like Super Quest Saga, and you like special guest Jake... There's a ton of that stuff. And our, our friend Steve uh, in Flashbang and the Surgeon, which is a Batman the Animated Series comedy game. Uh, we take Batman the Animated Series episodes and make them into Dungeons & Dragons stuff. I Dungeon Master it. It's super fun. Um, you get season one at the $5 tier. Um, and as I finish episodes of season two, I upload them into the $10 tier. And you get, a, you get a season one episode also at the same time. So in the $5 tier, you get early episodes of this show that are ad-free. You get um, the Vault Raiders episodes, which are one-shot live games where I play a bear shark. And <laughs> you can be uh, – you could just be listening to – you get a shout-out on the show. You get what – you, what else do you get at five? So like a lot of stuff. Oh, the five? oh, I don't even know. I think, I think, I think you said it all. I think that was it. And yeah. then at the $10 tier, you get the brand new Flashbang and the Surgeon. As we record them, they come out. Holiday um, specials. Ho- all the holiday specials, which Ranger are Danger. like Ranger Danger, the which Halloween was like special. spring. Um, the, ho- yeah. the Halloween special, which is very cool, Lovecraftian stuff. Um, and you get OST, uh, any original soundtrack that we make on the show is there. Some cool sound bites. Um, $20 tier is like merch stuff. We got our special, what the grump schmuck, um, muck mug. Um, and we're, we've got more plans for merch. Hopefully we've sorted that out. There's some logistical things that we run into hiccups and things. Um, but thank you guys so much for being patrons and helping support the show. We do a lot of cool upgrades. I finally am not recording the show with my phone. It's so (laughs) fucking liberating. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. If you're watching this on YouTube, thanks so much. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button just like everybody asks, even though I think subscriber count is pretty much like a moot number at this point. It seems like nobody really paying attention. Like, it's not as meaningful as like leaving a comment or leaving a like. Oh, right. As actual activity. Yeah. yeah. But, but subs are great. We appreciate it all. Yeah. Like you just clicking on it, even if you don't do that other stuff, is really heartwarming. Um, there's a really nice community of people that like Dungeons and Dragons and the Dungeon Cast in our Discord, um, run by run by very many not us people that are extremely beautiful, beautiful souls. Uh, thank you guys so much for everything you do. If you're on Patreon, I will say again, please go into our Discord. There's a lot of cool extra stuff that you get by being a Patreon member in our Discord. Even if you want to uh, be a patron of the $1 tier, which just includes like basically a shout out on the show. You still um, get in the discord. You still get in the discord and um, you are an honorary member of the Patreon discord. Although there it's going to be like spoiler heavy in there with all of our bonus content. That's where a lot of people talk about like the early episode comes out and you guys can chat about it in there uh, way ahead of time. And then that's um, true. I didn't think about it in that way. And yeah. those guys, are, I've noticed you guys going onto YouTube and leaving comments like immediately before you could have possibly watched the episode. Like I know you guys are Patreon people. You have the same username sometimes. So yeah, um, highly encouraged um, behavior. All of it. Please keep doing all that stuff. We love seeing your guys. Um, we get a lot of love on the show. Um, a lot of stuff comes into email. A lot of stuff comes into social media, especially Instagram right now. You guys are DMing the 
the living crap out of me, and it's been really cool. Um, like we said, we're going to get to the replies eventually. And just in our regular email on our Patreon, you guys are great. Um, quick reminder, we're going to be adding a feature to the $10 and up tier, Electrum tier and up. If you send us a message on Patreon that you want read on the show, we are going to review that thing and read it on the show in, in the long rest from it's not happening in these episodes, but is this a, this is the last episode of the year. Yep. So starting next year, we're going to start doing that. Um, we love hearing from you guys. We want to broadcast you guys. You guys have a lot of interesting things to say, um, including it includes things like I have a dragon I'm running. What do I do? You can ask Will and I for insight on that. Um, things of that nature. If you just want to say what's up, we'll read that, too, um, as a thank you to you guys for helping support the show. Please check out Super Quest Saga. It is a great 5e live play game where we are in space and it's fucking awesome. So check it out. Uh, do you want to get back to the show? Let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. We've returned. Talking about flumps, the new flumps, the modern flump, if you will. The modern flump. The, sm- the smarter, more sage-like flump. The sleeker, uh, more aerodynamic, <laughs> fuel-efficient flump. It's true. So uh, these flumps are naturally telepathic creatures that actually feed by siphoning mental energy from other psionic creatures. That's which, under Darkie. Which, yeah, fortunately for them is um, that psychic creatures in the Underdark are somewhat abundant. Yes. But unfortunately for them, they're also pretty much exclusively simultaneously evil and powerful. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like very evil and very powerful. The flump is is neither. So you're going to try to catch like a stray illithid or something? So. And like swarm it? <laughs> right. Not not really. So because of this, flump cloisters are usually found near illithid colonies whoops, or abolith <laughs> layers where they live as passive parasites taking only the amount of mental energy they need, but never enough for the abolith or mind flayers to notice or feel the discomfort. Okay, that's a so, really good pick. Yeah, it's like they live nearby, but not close enough to like get caught up in the crosshairs. But in truth, neither abolists nor illithids take much notice of flumps who are easy to forget about and conserve um, them no real purpose. Like, because they're really weak creatures that don't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, greedy, greedy flumps get uh, destroyed and eaten yeah. or whatever. So the bre- yeah. the breeding, the natural selection there is like, this is where we're at. Yeah. So unfortunately for flumps, um, consuming cyanic energy of another reveals their thoughts and emotions to the flump. Being lawful good creatures that they are and being quite sensitive to the emotional state of others, this makes the relationship flumps have with their food very complicated. Hmm. Since so many creatures upon which the flump feeds are evil, flumps are often subject, uh, subjected to thoughts, emotions, and hungers that sicken their pure nature. Ooh, this is... Uh, ooh. Yeah, I know. That's yucky. I know. So when a flump encounters a more powerful creature of good than itself, which is any creature of good because they're very weak, uh, it will often eagerly share the dark secrets it's learned in the high hopes of casting down the evil beings. Please, I have to tell somebody. <laughs> I know. I am what I eat. <laughs> Even if this means losing their source of food and being forced to seek out nourishment elsewhere. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's a weird... These are a weird monster. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're spiritually torn constantly. Yeah. They don't live happy lives, man. They're lawful good, they're, but they're lawful sad. They're lawful sad indeed. <laughs> So flumps live in harmonious groupings where each flump has a place and purpose. These groups have no leaders since all flumps contribute in their own way. Uh, On very rare occasions, flumps are known to take in abandoned or lost to mind witnesses 
who will immediately assimilate to flump mentality and serve as a form of protection for the community. I don't know if you remember in the Beholder episode, we spoke about the Mind Witness very briefly. Um, we were gonna cover that's a long, long time ago. A very long time ago. We were... We're going to do a Beholder Kin episode at some point. Behold, that's uh, right. We've talked about that too. But essentially, a mind witness is what happens when a uh, illicit colony captures a Beholder and subjects it to uh, whatever their metamorphosis is called. I can't remember. Oh, where they stick them in the tank? Or yeah. That was. And, and basically, um, the product of which is a thing called a mind witness, which it looks kind of like a beholder, but rather than have a big old mouth, it has like two lamprey suckers on its side. Nice. Okay. And it's got tentacles everywhere. Jeez. Um, and to think, to think of that monster being captured. Well, they don't get captured. So the way, okay, so hold on, let me finish explaining mind witnesses. So mind witnesses will serve the illithids, um, loyally because they are, genetically made to be uh, submissive. Sure. And they have naturally powerful psionic um, boosting abilities. So a, a strong colony will have like five or six mind witnesses just boost in everyone's power. Totally. Um, sometimes though, mind witness, let's say a colony gets destroyed and a mind witness is kind of just left alone. It'll just kind of wander mindlessly. Um, and if flumps come across it, the flumps will take it in as one of their own. And because it's so submissive, it will just begin to serve the flumps and because I'll be your, it is I'll be your food yeah well i guess they could eat off it if they want to they probably would um, that's probably ideal because it's yeah. just like this passive thing and as yeah. long as they you know treat it like a farm and don't like right and reduce be, the soil to ash yeah and because uh mind witness is capable of self-defense they're actually fairly powerful it's a great protection for the community so that's a cool flight. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know um, if you find uh, a, mi- a stray w- mind witness and the room smells like shit. It, there's probably a lot, of flumps, <laughs> a lot of flumps in there. It's funny that you mentioned smells like shit because we're actually gonna, we're going to get into some of the self defense maneuvers that flumps. Have. I mean, like, why is it funny? We've already established that it's a fart <laughs> yeah, monster. Yeah, but we didn't. Okay, well, <laughs> let me just get into it. So when it comes to self defense, flumps have limited options. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> their tentacles. Wonder where you're going with this. Their one. tentacles can do acid damage, but not very much. Mm-hmm. Their best bet when coming into close contact with hostile creatures is their stench spray. <laughs> <laughs> this defense spray fires out from one of its many orifices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is an extremely foul-smelling liquid, powerful enough to induce multiple rounds of severe nausea. What is this game? <laughs> We've come across. So- so many ridiculous ass things in this game. I love this monster. <laughs> so yeah, they have a they have a stench spray. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Let me just include a little bit of liquid in my fart. <laughs> so to add to their already fragile nature, flumps have one very very effective weakness: um, being turned upside down. <laughs> <laughs> All the fluid. Runs into their mouth and they're grossed out. So, so the anti-gravity field that they produce is pointed below their bodies, making it completely useless when the flump is turned over. Uh, its tentacles possess little physical strength, and thus they won't be able to turn themselves over. And a flump um, will also pin its own eye stalks down, since the eye stalks are on top of its body. So turning a flump over immediately defeats it. <laughs> immediately defeats <laughs> immediately it. Defeats it. Nice. So it's a very weak monster. Any questions about flumps before we look at the stat block? Um, I had a really cool idea for a uh, dark elf character. Yeah. Um, maybe you can name them after I tell you the concept, okay. but, um, they've been, 
they've captured two flumps, the uh-huh. Stark Elf, and they've they've psychically charged the flumps to be like extremely durable and powerful, and they wear them on their feet and use them as gravity boots. And they no. ride the flumps around the Underdark. No. What's their What's their name? It's like Funky Kong. Think of Funky Kong, but a Dark Elf with flumps on the feet. I got I got nothing. Uh, hit me up in the comments if you figure out a name <laughs> oh my for gosh. my Dark Elf flump character. All right, let's go over the flump stat block, <laughs> which I pulled up here. It's actually a fatter stat block than you'd think for such a weak monster. I mean, um, they have a lot of cool little little interesting things about them. Yeah, they Several do. different like parts, right. interesting parts. So a flump is a, is a small aber- aberration, lawful good. Armor class of 12, hit points of 7. 7 hit points for this poor son of a bitch. I was going to say, that's a pretty high AC for what I was picturing, but like that makes sense. <laughs> they have a speed of 5 feet, which I think should be a speed of 0 because they shouldn't have a land speed, but they have a flying speed of 30 feet. Okay, um, yeah. Strength is a six, so that's a negative two. Dexterity is a 15. Constitution's 10. Intelligence, 14. Wisdom, 14. Charisma, 11. Um, they are skilled in arcana history and religion. They are, um, oh, they're vulnerable to psychic damage? Oh, no. Poor that's guys. not good. No, I guess it's because, yeah, they're sensitive to other people's thoughts and stuff. They're just, uh, they're, they're sensitive just like, to their food. Well, they're sensitive to their food weaponizing the energy <laughs> against yeah, it. Supposed, if someone fucking that, attacked it, me with a it, giant steak, it would hurt. It kind of makes sense. Like if you're able, if you're just this, uh, you're, you're, I don't know, your skin or whatever it is, your, your persona is. Yeah, like you can easily easily transmit psychic energy through you. Yeah. So it makes sense that you're vulnerable to it. Like right. As, sure. a, as a weaponized thing, it pass through you easier. However, psychic damage works. They, they have dark vision. Uh, they understand undercommon, but can't speak. But they can speak telepathy. So they can speak anything. At yeah. Point. So you telepathy. I think you just need a creature that can speak a link and understand one exactly. language and you can communicate. They are challenge rating of one eighth, which is. One step above zero. So you need a lot of them to make them a, a worthy enemy. They're just you're just gonna be running through this with your sword, yeah, just like exploding these things. A straight massacre. They're just gonna uh, blow up into also like, a like gas if you're fighting like, these slumps, that you're probably a very evil person because they're very nice. Yeah, they're not trying to fight you. Yeah, like the quote underneath their name in the monster manual is always trust a flump. Always trust so, a flump. Because they're so nice and good. Dark Elf Santa Claus has a sleigh and there's just like 12 flumps out there. <laughs> so they have an ability called Advanced Telepathy. A flump can perceive the content of any telepathic communication used within 60 feet of it. And it can't be surprised by creatures with any form of telepathy. So that's nice. Uh, it's really hard for Illithids or Abolists to sneak up on them, which is probably good. That makes sense. Yeah. The next feature they get is called Prone Deficiency. Uh, if a flump is knocked... Prone, Uh-oh. roll a die. On odd result, the flump lands upside down and is incapacitated. <laughs> At the end of each of its turns, the flump can make a DC 10 dexterity saving throw riding itself and ending the incapacitated condition if it succeeds. Uh, next feature it gets is telepathic shroud. The flump is immune to any effect that would sense its emotions or read its thoughts, as well as all divination spells. Now that's interesting. So they can Hit protect me with that them. again. I didn't so, quite catch that. A flump is immune to any effect that would sense its emotions or read its thoughts, as well as all divination spells. So oh. you can't really track them down. They they can hide their tracks pretty well, which makes sense. They got to be stealthy. Yeah, totally. They got to avoid all <clears> this like danger sensory everywhere. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's it for the features. They get two actions. The first action is called tendrils. Uh, it's a weapon attack with tentacles, plus four to hit, reaches five feet, one creature, uh, 1d4 plus two piercing damage, 
Oh, I guess they, they have spines on the end of their tentacles. Plus 1d4 acid damage. At the end of each of its turn, the targets must, must make a DC 10 constitution saving throw, taking 1d4 acid damage on a failure or ending the reoccurring acid damage on a success. Um, now, this is the first instance I've seen of in what in 4th edition is called save ends. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember from our one uh, session of 4E, but uh, there was a lot of ongoing damage in 4E, and uh-huh. it was always like save ends. So like yeah. you would take ongoing five damage every turn until you save. And I that's mean, like, what, there and are that's plenty what, of spells like that now. Are there ongoing? I guess they're phrased a little differently. Yeah, I'm they're, used and to, they're like wisdom saves. Yeah, I'm used know. to attacks from monsters from 4E that Doing do jam. exactly this. Yeah, um, there's definitely, it's been changed. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. Like, like their attacks, uh, nothing to sneeze at if you're level one. Like, holy shit. That's a cool uh, extra, if you're doing an Underdark campaign yeah. and you like, you form an ally with this cloud of flumps, which, yeah. would, you know, like murder of crows, cloud of flumps. Yeah, sure. A cloud. It's because it's a fart based joke. Yes, I get it. I okay. get it. God damn it. Um, what was I going to say? How embarrassing if you went down to a, a cloister of flumps. If you, if, if, um, oh, if you, if you, if died, you died to, died to flumps. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be which embarrassing. Is, it looks distinctly possible at level one, like, like a gang of flumps will fucking murder you. Anytime I'm playing video games and I get killed by fart monsters, I'm embarrassed. Indeed. You're absolutely right. The, the only other feature they have is a once a day called stench spray. <laughs> Uh, Each creature in a 15-foot cone originated from the flump must succeed a DC-10 dexterity saving throw or be coated in a foul-smelling liquid. A a coated creature exudes a horrible stench for 1d4 hours. The coated creature is poisoned as long as the stench lasts, and other creatures are poisoned while within 5 feet of the coated creature. Oh, my Uh, God. (laughs) A creature can remove the stench on itself by using a short rest to bathe in water, alcohol, or vinegar. Really not? uh, Oh, I guess the tomato paste. Thing. Yeah, although it doesn't say tomato paste. Oatmeal, yeah. you know. Sure, any of that. Yeah, yes. any of those. So any questions about the flump, Brian? Um, I have a question for you. Sure. What if I repitch this as the uh-huh. Farctopus? I mean, yeah, it's essentially <laughs> what it is. Would you accept that name? <laughs> I mean, I like flump. Yeah, I've, uh, you can't say Farctopus. No, um, I like the flump. Sky It's a charming little creature. Even if yeah, it's disgusting. Sure. It's a disgustingly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, okay. It's lovable. Sure. Yeah. Except for don't get too close. <laughs> yeah. Don't get too close. Or right. do. It sounds like it can uh, emit non-smelly farts versus smelly farts. Right. Because right. the non-detection thing, the room probably doesn't smell like shit unless they've been fighting. I mean, if they're secreting a foul stench from the same holes they're blowing air out of, those those that air puffs, they got to smell at least a little bit. Maybe a little bit, like a faint, yeah, like, like a, a really faint, faint one that dissipates quickly. Yeah, that's gross. They just have a gland it's in so the fart nasty. hole that opens up and lets out the spray. <laughs> a really sensitive gland. It goes off sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Farctopus, okay. for sure. This is a good ending of the year <laughs> to the Dungeon Cast. Let's get ready to go to I'm sleep. I'm extraordinarily <laughs> sick right now, and I feel like I'm falling into a Dayquil-influenced in delirium. So let's uh, take a long rest. Are you sure? It could just be the episode content. It could be that, too. It could <laughs> be. both. So before, yeah, we go, before we go, I'd like to encourage our audience to check out our live 5e D&D game, Super Quest Saga, where we sit around the table, play some Dungeons & Dragons in space. It's a sci-fi fantasy adventure. It's a lot of fun. I can't believe we squeezed this much time out of fl- uh, out of this fart monster. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, check out Super Quest Saga, and this is the part. Of, usually, we'll do our little plug thing uh, as we do in the short rest in this section of the episode, and then I want to start letting people know this is where I would read a message from Patreon, and then um, I don't know if like will uh, will have seen it already, or if you just want me to read them to you and you can react 
uh, quote unquote live. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna figure all that out. But start sending us messages because it's gonna be kind of embarrassing if we don't have any. I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's none. I'm positive. That possible. That I'm positive <laughs> that there are a a certain group of people that will send us those messages. Yeah, it's very true. But it's open to anybody. Uh, Ten dollars and up on Patreon. With that being said, I think we can call it a game, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.